0: Let me share just a little of the system I use for producing the podcast. I plan it mentally as well as prayerfully first and foremost. After hearing what the Father is saying, I usually proceed to the next step with writing and doing the production on the Audacity app. This takes about a week, sometimes longer when producing a two or three part series. This process can start anywhere in the week, usually on a Tuesday or Wednesday, with completion by Friday, no later than Sunday, to be ready to be released by midnight that Sunday night. Normally, it's set to be published on podcast apps before I wake on Monday mornings. From there, I taped the completed production to text, email, and WhatsApp to send to each of you in whatever way you've become accustomed to receiving it. However, last week, the week of the 14th, that Sunday into Monday morning, I had a terrible night. After tossing, turning, and sweating profusely, I finally decided to get up and get the day started, which was about 4 a.m. Since there was so much perspiration, I felt that I needed to strip my bed and wash my linens. Stripping the bed was about as far as I got, and as they say, the rest is history. I got to my middle bedroom, which is where I remained for the rest of the week. I was dealing with my second bout of COVID. Although fully vaccinated and twice boosted, I still contacted the virus. It was too long after my traveling, so I knew it wasn't in the airports or even driving to my son's house in Mississippi. The only other places that I went within the past two weeks were Walmart and the local hardware store. Unfortunately. During one of those visits, I came in contact with someone who had COVID, and now I've lost an entire week. This week, I'm still having slight headaches, not sleeping well, and continuing with the non-producing cough, although not excessively. But I've tested negative, and yes, I'm back at my desk. I just wanted to explain what happened last week and to let you know that I'm releasing the same episode, Do You Truly Fear God? again this week. Hello, and welcome to another episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. Before I go any further with this week's message, let me say that I pray that each of you who are listening are receiving the benefits. Of not only these episodes, but also from the prayers that I send up each and every day for those who listen. Telling you thank you for you. your listening is not sufficient. I also ask our Heavenly Father to bless you in the ways that he knows you and your families are in need of. God bless each and every one of you. Now let's get into the message for this week. Last week, I shared just a bit with you from the book of Nehemiah, when he decided that his brother Hananiah and another man, Hananiah, would be in charge of Jerusalem. That second verse reads, I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hananiah, along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel, because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most people do. Now, possibly Nehemiah may have given his brother this honor simply because he was his brother. But when it came to Hananiah, he gave a clear and plain explanation for his decisions. He was very specific in saying the reason he gave such an important and prestigious position to this man was for two particular reasons. One, because he was a man of integrity those of you that know me know that I could go on and on about integrity. It's a character trait that everyone should have and walk in, but especially those who are in the body of Christ. Yet, integrity is something that is so lacking among so many. But when it comes to Christians, when that character trait is missing, it not only calls blatant attention to that fact, but it also takes glory from the name of God. Integrity lacking in the body of Christ stands out like a sore thumb and everyone around is aware of it, Christians and non-Christians alike. This is not in reference to past and forgiven sins, but the literal character that those who loudly profess Christianity are presently walking in get into that again this week. What I would like to focus on is the second reason Nehemiah chose Hananiah to be in charge. And that reason was because Nehemiah said that he, referring to Hananiah, feared God more than most people do. I must ask the question today, and we should ask ourselves, do we truly fear God? Do we fear him more than most people do? Do we fear him as we should with the respect and honor that he deserves? Personally, a fear of God is something that I was not taught growing up, but had to learn on my own as I developed and matured as a Christian. It's all right. It's okay for some who must say that they don't know how to fear God or what it means to fear him. For some of us, that would be the same as our love for him. I didn't know, even growing up in a Catholic school, how to love God, but just to be scared of him. And that was not in a godly, reverential way. After salvation, as I grew in my relationship with the Father, I learned to love him to the point of falling in love with him. My love that grew for the Father taught me to no longer be scared of him, but to respect and reverence him. My terror of God went from being a dread of him, waiting for him to punish me for the least infraction or wrong thought, to being a worship and honor for him. So what's the point for this week? I can certainly understand the less mature, meaning the very young in Christ, not understanding and walking in the fear of God, because this is the way that many churches, especially those with bondages, will teach young Christians. I would hope and pray that much like my own spiritual life, as they grow in their relationship with the Father, that that reverential fear will develop. However, my point is, I cannot comprehend how people can say the things they say and do the things they do as mature Christian as those representing or I should say those that want to represent Christianity, meaning those who are at the forefront. Those who are facing the national and even international cameras, those who are supposedly mature in the body of Christ. If they truly know, love and fear God, how can they say the things and live the life, the lives they live at the same time fearing God? How can prophets, pastors, leaders, and all the rest of these people speak the words they speak, trying to give the impression that God said them without the reverence and respect for his name? In 2 Chronicles 18, God was enticing Ahab to go to his death. The godly king Jehoshaphat and the wicked king Ahab were discussing the matter of war with all of the false prophets of Ahab, encouraging the two kings to go and take back Ramoth Gilead. Jehoshaphat asked for a prophet of the Lord, and they brought forth Micaiah. However, even when he was told what to say, so that he would be in agreement with what everyone else was saying to Ahab, in the 13th verse it reads, But Micaiah said, As surely as the Lord lives, I can tell him only what my God says. Micaiah was slapped in the face, thrown into prison, and given only bread and water because of his reply to the two kings, but he would not back down. Obviously, he feared God more than he feared the two kings. He respected and revered God beyond his respect and reverence for the kings. He would only say what God spoke, and with Ahab's death, it was shown and proven that he had truly heard God's voice. Where are our pastors and leaders today who will not back down and only speak what God is saying? I've heard such disregard and disrespect for God from both extremes among Christian leaders. Some will say what they think God wants without ever saying that they prayed sought God's face, or even have scriptures to back up what they're saying. I must wonder if they do this purposely knowing that they're lying. I've never heard Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ted Cruz, Ron DeSantis, or any of these other far-right conservative white Christian nationalists ever mentioned that God has spoken to them in any way. They've never had scripture to back up what they believe God wants them to do. As much as they profess their Christianity, there is no word to my knowledge that they have to support their decisions. Then there are those who will choose certain scriptures to line up with the point they want to get across, even sometimes taking God's word totally out of context. This is what you hear from some of these far-right Christian nationalists, pastors, and leaders. Basically, what they're doing is prostituting the Bible. They're using the Word of God to accomplish their own selfish desires, self-centered, egocentric goals, and hidden agendas. When there is no legal will, the family will have to make decisions on what they feel that person would want, or sometimes just what the family wants. When that occurs, money, belongings, even the deceased's final remains are handled in ways that the family decides for themselves. That's one reason it's so important that wills be written and desires placed in order so that they will be followed. However, when it comes to the things of God, we don't have to guess or go by what we think He wants because God never died. All we have to do is go to Him and ask. That's called praying. I have never heard any of these people say that they have prayed and asked God anything. Me, personally, I don't ever want to tell anyone what I think God is saying unless I've asked him what he's saying. But that's not all. Once I've heard what he's saying, I will only repeat what he has specifically spoken to me. Now, some might feel that I can do that because I'm a prophet. But those of you who know me personally know that I always say that no father wants his child born deaf. No father does not want his child to hear his voice, and it's no less with a Heavenly Father. Does that line up with his word? Well, in the King James Version of Genesis 3 and 8, it reads, And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. In that same chapter, in the 10th verse, it reads, And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. It doesn't say that they saw him or felt his presence because before anything else, they heard him. Adam and Eve heard the voice of God, and the only reason people stop hearing God is because they stop listening to God, which also means they've stopped obeying him. Therefore, if they're not listening or hearing him, then they don't have the right to say what they think he's saying. There are times that individuals might make certain decisions based on what they assume someone may want in their absence. A child may have to decide certain things to do or not do when the parent is not at home with them or when they're alone away from home with friends. But because they truly know their parents, as well as respect and honor them, there are certain things that they will know not to do because they've been taught by their parents the rules and guidelines that they should adhere to. That respect and honor that they have for their parents is called a reverential fear, which is what we should all have for the Father. There is no way people could say the things they say, do the things they do, commit the acts they commit, and still say that they fear God, especially among Christians. Matthew ten twenty-eight reads, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Let me say here and now that we must fear God. No, as I said earlier, we should not be scared of him as though he's ready to strike us down the minute we commit some small infraction. But because we love honor, respect, and submit to him. Because we know that we will stand in the judgment before him. Because we know that he and he alone can cast our very souls into eternal hell. We must fear and reverence him and him alone. Is that 28 verse in Matthew 10 reads, we should not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. I am not afraid of those who may not agree with me, or who took their financial support from me, or even those who have stopped inviting me to come and speak from their pulpits. I fear God and God alone. And to each and every person who professed Christianity, whether they be far left or far right conservative white Christian nationalists, with everyone in between, I say to you today, fear God. In Luke 12 and 5, in the amplified version, Jesus said to the people, but I will point out to you whom you should fear. Fear the one who after he has killed has authority and power to hurl you into hell. Yes, I say to you, stand in great awe of God and fear him. Unfortunately, Too many have equated the word fear as to something demonic and don't realize that there's a difference in fearing or being scared of an entity or situation as opposed to fearing God. To fear God is to stand in awe of him and, yes, literally be afraid of his wrath and judgment. While at the same time, when the pure loving relationship with him is as it should be, that terror of his wrath is not the type that keeps you stressed and emotionally strained. There is an awareness of the possibility of it, but there's the peace and knowing that as long as you're in his will, it's not something that one has to contend with. That's called his forgiving grace and mercy. And yet... God's grace and mercy will only go so far and should never be abused or taken for granted. Again, going back to the relationship between a loving parent and their child. The child knows how far to go, what to do and not do so that they will not incur not only their parents' anger, but their disappointment and disapproval of of their actions. Love doesn't just come from the parent but the child as well. Therefore, someone who truly loves their parents will do their best to live up to their expectations. When a child is assured of its parents' love, it means that the child doesn't walk around on eggs all day too afraid to do or say anything that might set the parents' anger off. And it's understood that when that same child does commit some infraction, breaks the rules because they know that their parents are loving, kind, and forgiving. They know that they can go to their parents in true sorrow and repentance, asking for forgiveness, and it will be given. At the same time, that child does not ever take that love and kindness for granted. We must learn to fear our Heavenly Father with the reverence and respect that he's due as a father who's not only loving, kind, and forgiving, but also deserving of that honor and respect. We must honor him and fear him as a father who in his justice will handle, deal with, and judge each of us accordingly because that's our purpose in life for those who have ever wondered why they're here, what's their purpose. Let's listen to what the preacher said in Ecclesiastes 12:13. In the Amplified Classic Version it reads, all has been heard. The end of the matter is fear God Revere and worship him, knowing that he is and keep his commandments. For this is the whole of man, the full original purpose of his creation, the object of God's providence, the root of character, the foundation of all happiness, the adjustment to all inharmonious circumstances and conditions under the sun, and the whole duty but every man. This is our duty. It's our moral and legal obligation to fear God. It's our entire purpose in life. It's our responsibility as well as our assignment on this earth to worship and reverence him. To fear Him and Him alone is our whole duty, the whole purpose that we have been created to do and accomplish while we're on this earth. Fear God and only God. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support through your prayers. You can contact me through my email at amiteagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net and through the Facebook post or Facebook Messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support, and may God bless each and every one of you.